is Records Talk with Record Rea. I am your host, Record Rea. We are now on episode seven. And before I start, as always, I just want to show my gratitude and say thank you to everyone who is viewing, who gives a fuck about what I have to say. I always say I am forever blessed and grateful that anyone gives a fuck about my views and my opinions. And I definitely want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Um, like I said, this is episode seven, and I'm just blessed, blessed that you guys are still listening and still give a fuck. Um, tonight's topic is very, um, it's a great topic. Um, it was brought to me by an Instagram friend. I don't say followers because I think they're my friends in my head. They're my friends. Um, an Instagram friend, her name is Sunshine. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining me tonight. Um, thank you for being part of this podcast. Thank you. Um, of course. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. Thank you. Um, so the topic we decided on is mental health and relationships. And I think that is such a great topic because I feel like mental health is something that is kind of um, – shamed and shadowed, um, you know, it's something people don't really speak on or something that people are afraid to voice, and um, I just think it was such a great topic to touch on. So um, I'll say I've always been very open about a lot of people ask me, like, why podcasting or why did you choose this route? And I've always told people, like, it's so different than how I grew up because I was so introverted and I was so closed off and, like, I would never talk in front of people and I would never voice my opinion. And um, I dealt with that for so many years. And then um, what I always tell people is something that I'm not ashamed to say is that I do suffer with anxiety. And when I say suffer with anxiety, I don't mean, like, this is something that I um, diagnosed myself with. This was an actual diagnosis. And it's something that I went to therapy with. And it's something that I deal with, you know, every day. So podcasting, I have found, is a way for me to deal with my anxiety, Um I love talking to people. I love sharing my opinions. I love hearing the opinions of others. And I just, for some reason, when I do this, when I first started testing it out, it just brought me such ease. And it really helped with my, like, fidgetness. So I say I have anxiety, and some of my symptoms of having anxiety is I get very, I get nervous very easily. Um, I get very agitated. I get very fidgety. Um, I'm very restless. I don't sleep a lot. <laughs> That's something I need to work on because I literally, like, I have a horrible sleeping pattern. Like, I'm up all night. Um, and that's one of the reasons I work so much because I always feel like I need something to do. You know what I mean? Like, I always feel like like I'm not doing enough like I'm always like in panic mode and 
when I really started feeling like this, this was like my mid twenties, and I went and I got um I started going to therapy, and um when I got diagnosed, I started trying to think of because of course when you first get diagnosed with um a mental health issue, what is the first thing they try to do? They want to medicate you, and yeah. right. <laughs> and that's not what I wanted you know I didn't want so I was like what are some things I needed to find some things internally that I could do to help with you know my panic or my nervousness um so one thing I started doing is I started writing um a lot of people know because I'm so open and so honest I smoke a lot of weed um I found that (laughs) (laughs) I have found that that helps so much with my anxiety like I know it sounds like an excuse and whether you believe it or not I'm 32 years old can you believe I just started smoking at 32 years old I never smoked before in my life wow yeah (laughs) seriously and people think I'm like this crazy pothead and I'm like I literally just started smoking uh, like this year and it's crazy because it really helps like it helps with my anxiety so with that being said I know that I have this diagnosis And when getting into a relationship, I feel like the first thing when dealing with mental health and relationships, and you can agree with me or disagree, is to be honest about your diagnosis. What do you think about that? No, I definitely agree with you wholeheartedly there. Um, Like you said, especially, I guess people shame from getting, being honest about it because they don't know when when to come out and be like, hey, I have this mental disorder, um, or right. they're scared that someone might not be able to handle it. No, but that's so true, because imagine a first date. I'm just thinking, I'm envisioning. A first date, mm-hmm. the the things you typically talk about, and, you know, oh, what's your favorite color? What do you like to do? You know, and then you just say, oh, by the way, I'm bipolar. It's, like, such a setback, and it's just, like, I wonder why. I wonder why that is such a setback and at what point you can be honest about, you know, if you are suffering with something. It doesn't have to be something so so severe as bipolar disorder, but like I said, it could be depression, it could be PTSD. At what point is it, I guess, comfortable to tell your person that you're suffering with that diagnosis like do you think that's do you think question. like do you think that's a first date topic mm. I don't know if it would be first date like how would you uh, feel like how would you feel if, if we were on a first date, date right let me give you a scenario say so you and I were on a first date right and right. the date is going well. We like the conversation, and we're having great. And I say, by the way, I suffer from anxiety. What do you feel like would be your first reaction? 
you asked the person that's going to school for social work because, you know, I'm not trying to <laughs> diagnose you. I'm <laughs> 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 be like, well, what level? Let's... No, but um, I think just from my own personal standpoint, uh, I think it would kind of make me nervous as to, well, making sure I don't say the wrong thing to trigger your anxiety. Right. Um, so it would, like, cause me to ask more questions. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense. And I feel like that would be, like, the next step is once you find out a person's diagnosis, it is, I, I would say, edu- if you decide to pursue that person, you definitely need to educate yourself on mm-hmm. that person's diagnosis. That's very important because you need to be aware of the triggers. You need to be aware of, you know, the things that ease you know, those triggers, definitely educate yourself on that diagnosis. And I'll give a very short story of something in my life that happened. Um, I think I've shared briefly that I was an army wife, and I was married to a vet, and he served served 11 months in Afghanistan. And um, Mm. when, when he came home, I would always say, I would tell people he was different. And um, when he came home, he did go to therapy, and he was diagnosed with PTSD. But because I knew him so well before he was um, deployed, I couldn't understand his diagnosis. So I would just always tell people, oh, he's different. Like, my husband is different. He's not the same. And when I say different, I mean literally, like, this man came home and I didn't know him anymore. I didn't know him. But I didn't educate myself on PTSD. I didn't, you know, I didn't do the background and really get into what he may have experienced because I will never know, you know what I mean? I wasn't there with him. He would always tell me, like, you don't know what I saw or you don't know what I had to do. And for me, you know, looking back, I realized that maybe I didn't offer him enough support and I didn't um, try to help because, to me, he was just different because that's not who I met, you know what I mean? And I didn't take the time to to really process and be like, you know what, I... I don't know. I can't even fathom what he might have seen in Afghanistan, you know, for almost a year. So I remember one instance um, dealing with mental health in relationships. I remember one instance, and this is when I really decided that it was time to leave my marriage. Um, Like I said, he was very different when he came home, very quiet, um, I would be asleep and I'll wake up in the middle of the night and he wouldn't be in the bed and I'll go in the living <laughs> room and he's sitting on the couch and I'm just like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, you're scaring <laughs> the fuck out of me. Like, you know, I could laugh back on it now, but when I was going through it, I'm like, oh my God, like, what the fuck? Like, you know, That's I right. didn't recognize my husband anymore. And one instance in particular where I left, when I decided, like, I have to walk away, um, 
And honestly, I've never told this story, like, out of my mouth verbally. This is the first time, so this is crazy. But um, <laughs> we were driving, and I don't know what happened. We were on the highway, and we were driving. And out of nowhere, I just saw, like, his foot on the gas. Like, it just kept, like, pushing harder and harder. And the car starts going faster and faster. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And literally... Would not answer me. Was literally in a daze, like the life had been taken out of it. And literally, the car went from like forty to sixty to seventy, and I was just like, "Oh my!" Like I literally, that is the closest experience I've ever had to like a near death experience when mm-hmm. some, you know, like he was almost going a hundred miles per hour on the highway and. I couldn't even talk to him. It was just like he wasn't there. And I was just like, <laughs> when he pulled over finally, I said, oh, no, <laughs> I can't. I can't. Like, that was it. Like, I, I walked away. And looking back, I know I made the right decision for myself, but I do wish I would have educated myself a little bit more on PTSD you know what I mean yeah and I think that's important like you said education is definitely key um and not just educating yourself on the disorder in general but like you said knowing that individual specific triggers what helps calm them um is so important because everyone is different when it comes to anxiety or bipolar disorder or depression um so definitely knowing like the individual person's needs are so vital right and and then also knowing what your partner may need in those in those situations because like you said everyone is different some people in those situations they need space they need a lot Mm -hmm. of space and then some people need to be comforted and they need that attention and you know so it's just all about knowing your partner knowing what they need in those crisis moments that's very important so I have a question. Have you ever experienced mental health in a relationship? So, yeah. So um, background story on me. I was diagnosed with depression ooh, last year, um, okay. several months after I lost my father. I got diagnosed with depression. I, and I knew that I had been dealing with it before because um, I lost my oldest sister and then my grandmother and a cousin in 2016 and just went through a downward spiral. So last year when I lost my dad, I was like, okay, I can't go through the same path of destruction that I went through again. So I finally seek therapy and got diagnosed. And like you said, they tried to push the drugs right off the Mm -hmm. bat. Absolutely. And (laughs) at first I was like, okay, I'm going to take these. But I was scared um, because in the past I had, been addicted to pain pills and so I wasn't sure how that was going to go and so I gave it a try and then I was like no this isn't for me so like you said finding those other coping skills were definitely necessary right um so the last situation that I was in um the (laughs) yeah the other person had anxiety and so we both were very open as far as with what our mental health was um but She's why I say educating about that specific person's needs are so important 
because for myself, when I'm triggered or um, going through an episode, I need space. I need to be by myself. Okay. Um, I need to be able to work through it. Um, whereas for her, completely anxiety, alone. She needed. She needed to be comforted. <laughs> she needed like, hey, I need you here. Like, this is kind of like the stuff I need you to say. This is what I need you to avoid saying. And I wasn't prepared for that. Okay. Now so... I had a question, just for clarity. <laughs> for when you say mm-hmm. that, when you said that you need space, is that space mm-hmm. like you need complete alone by yourself? You in that space, do you feel like you need to be supported by your partner in any way, or do you just feel like the support is leaving me to be by myself? So. For me, it's more like when it initially happens, I need for my partner to respect that, hey, I got to go and have quiet time by myself for a minute. Okay. Um, whether that's me going and sitting at the lake and looking at the water for an hour um, or just kind of like sitting in my room and journaling for a little bit, like that initial start, I, I just need space to myself. So I need my partner to respect that. And then I'll kind of come out of it and be able to talk. Um, so that's kind of how it is for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. So you, both of you basically needed different things, but right. you understood what each person may have needed in those moments. So you had a basic understanding. Right. What'd uh-huh. you say? Towards the end, it became more of an understanding. At first, it was kind of a bump head situation. Um, She didn't understand why I would shut down. I didn't understand why she would call me and need me to come, like, be there. Um, So it really didn't come to fruition until the end, um, where we really just kind of had to sit down and have, like, a whole heart-to-heart crying session, like, hey, this is what I need. This is what triggers me. This is what helps me. Um, and so that's kind of what helped us to get through it. Um, even now, like we're not dating anymore, but like the friendship is still there. So like when she has something going on, she calls me because now I'm at that place where I understand what it is that she needs and vice versa. Um, that's important. That's, that's actually very, um, interesting because dealing with anxiety and like, let's say, more present relationships, I feel like that has been more of a, um, it's been a trouble for me because I haven't Mm. found my balance point, if that makes sense. So dealing with anxiety Mm. presently and dating women, um, I, when I am having those episodes, I am very extreme, and it's extreme either way, is I'm extreme, Mm -hmm. I need to be by myself, and I don't, and I shut people out, and I don't do it purposely, but it feels very cold, I've been told, um, mm-hmm. you know, the way I go about it, because I just need literally to shut the world out and to regather and, you know, reveal right. with myself. Um, or the other way is um, it gets very, I would say I get very, um I don't want to say, I would say I get very defensive and I might, 
I've been known to, like, say things I don't mean, to lash out verbally, mm-hmm. which is something, yeah, something I definitely need to work on because it's something that I um, acknowledge about myself. And I'm the kind of person, like, when I'm hurt, I get angry when I'm hurt because I have such expectations of the people that I love, and I feel like those are the only people that can hurt me. So when someone that I love hurts me, it makes me very angry. And I know that something I need to work on is my anger and the way that I lash out and the way that I express my frustration because it's not always in the best way. Like, I say a lot of things that I don't mean, and I know in my heart I don't mean it, but because I'm dealing with so much um, frustration and I don't know where to put these feelings and these emotions sometimes, I I lash out. So I feel like that's something that I definitely need to work on in present relationships and future relationships because I definitely want to be the best version of myself, but I also have to acknowledge that there might be something, you know, that I do have a diagnosis and it's something that I can't always control, you know, um, mm-hmm. like you said, I'm trying to find, I found a lot of healthy coping, mechani- coping mechanisms. Some, some might think not so healthy, but it is what it is. No judgment. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but I found my coping me- mechanisms that work for me. And something, this might sound so cliche and so, uh, but working and teaching, that helps so much with my anxiety. When I'm in the classroom, I never feel anxious. I never feel agitated. Like, I just feel so calm and serene. And I feel like that, just educating helps. And that's why I like to talk to people because I feel like I learn from people and people learn from me. That's all part of educating. I love to educate and that helps a lot with my anxiety. It helps level me out. And um, yeah, I I feel like um, we touched on a lot, and I learned a lot. And like I said, moving forward, I definitely want to work on the way I respond to my triggers. If that makes sense, my response. Yeah, I feel like my response could be a lot better. A lot I better. I completely understand that. There are definitely some things that I still need to work on um, as far as, like, my impulses. So, like, you sometimes, if I can't express myself properly or communicate how I feel, then I make a little bit of rash decisions or I might say something that I don't mean. Um, And then also from, like, the way that I grew up in a single-parent household, I'm a people pleaser by nature. Mm. And so if I feel like... I'm disappointing someone, or if I'm not making them happy, then I overdo it to compensate. And I get Mm. that because of the relationship I have with my mom. And so sometimes that comes out in my relationship, and I've been called on it, and I'm like, all right. So that's something that I still constantly work on. So for me, depression and anxiety, they both reside in my head. And so in one part, I get the fuss because, hey, I don't feel like I'm making you happy or I've upset you. Another part, I'm anxious as to what else can I do to make this better. Um, mm. So I definitely 
understand knowing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a complicated head of mine. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I deal with that every day. <laughs> I'm dealing with that every single day. I'm like, I don't need friends because I have enough friends <laughs> within myself. <laughs> <laughs> like um, I entertain myself. I really don't need people to entertain me. But um no, um I completely agree with you. And one last thing I will say is if you feel like you may be suffering from something or you feel what whatever the feeling may be, I feel like you know you, you meet so many people in the first meeting they want to tell you, I'm crazy, I'm crazy, I'll do this, I'm crazy. You know, and people wear it as a badge of honor, but there are people who are really out here suffering with these feelings mm-hmm. and these emotions, and they can't even um, express it because in some ways it's looked down upon and then in some ways it's glorified in a negative way. So I would say, you know, if you're experiencing any of this, I would say getting diagnosed, honestly, was the best thing I could have done for myself because it's not it's not something that I'm thinking. It's something that I know. And because I know this about myself, I can help. You know what I mean? Like I can um, find um, ways to make it a little better to live with. So I would say get yeah. – you know, get help and don't be afraid to talk about it. <laughs> like, make it as normal of a conversation as we can. I feel like that's very important. It should be a normalized conversation. And definitely when dating and pursuing, if you feel like you are having any of these feelings, at some point it needs to be addressed because that is going to tell a lot about <clears throat> how far the relationship is going to go. Because everyone could Ooh, paint sure. a pretty picture when they first meet. Everybody can paint a pretty picture, but eventually those things are going to come out of the closet and, you know, you're going to have to be your true self. So I always say start off being your true self and I always tell people, what you see is what you're going to get. Who I am is who I am. <laughs> like, is a, you know, when I meet people, they're like, you're literally the same person that you are via phone or this. I'm living in my true self. This is who I am. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not perfect, I have flaws, I make mistakes, but I am me. And whoever I'm dating is going to have to accept and learn and educate and love and support. I feel like that's very important. So if you have any final words. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I'll definitely piggyback off of that. Um, Be your true self. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Unfortunately, some people will be like, oh, you're just seeking attention. Um, You're Mm -hmm. doing a lot. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, you might like that person. The sex might be bomb. But if they can't support support you during your journey, you got to let that person go for your peace of mind, for your mental health, for you to be your best self. I agree. It's not even worth it. I agree. I agree so much. And before I end this, I want to say thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you, and I really mean that sincerely. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Um, And I love your accent. Um, I have to say that before we end this conversation. 
Thank you. What What did you get? Did you get the country girl? You got the valley girl? Which one you got? I feel like I'm getting the valley. Like, <laughs> Probably. When we got on the phone, I was expecting something totally different. I'm not going to lie to you. I was expecting something totally different. And you surprised me. You really did. I said, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. I like it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but no, seriously, thank you so much. Thank you for your support. It means the world to me. Like, I really mean that. Thank you so much. Like, I always love your feedback, good, bad, and different. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. The pleasure is mine. Thank you for doing this podcast, for giving a voice, for being honest and open, and just allowing me to share my story. Thank you, baby. This has been episode seven, and we are clocking out. Thank you. <laughs>